Hello, listeners. Will Snyder here, co-creator of Neon Knights, the Arcane Files of Jack Tracer. I just wanted to remind everyone this week that there will not be a new episode of Neon Knights. We're taking a short break because of Thanksgiving and just to kind of revamp the show. we got a great story lined up for you guys in two weeks' time. My buddy Aaron Sarka wrote an amazing script. I'm very excited to put this one out. It may just be Jack's greatest mystery to date. However, I did want to put something out this week. Many of you know, many of you may not know, that we actually have a sister show. Yes, Evil Kitten Productions not only does Jack Tracer, but we do another show called Midnight Horror, created by Neon Knight's co-creator, Rachel Craig, aka my lovely wife. Uh, this is a great show. It's it's her reading uh, really scary stories. Um, we just released a third episode today. However, I wanted to post uh, her first episode, a wonderful story called Click. So uh, that's going to start here in a second. So please give it a listen. Uh, subscribe to it on iTunes. Please follow it on Twitter at Midnight Horror. Midnight being spelled M-I-D-N-I-T-E. Uh, you can also find her on Facebook at midnight, uh, facebook.com forward slash neon horror podcast. And, uh, and yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Also, just another little side plug. If you're a wrestling fan, uh, I do another show called Random Wrestling Review. You can also find it on iTunes, uh, random being spelled W-R-A-N-D-O-M and reviews being, being spelled W-R-E-V-I-E-U. So, um, please check out those two shows, Midnight Horror. Uh, here you go, guys. Enjoy, uh, our, her debut episode, Click. Thanks for listening. Ever since I was a child, I took a liking to the dark and sinister side of things. And now, I want to share my nightmares with you. So pull up a chair, turn out the lights, and let the terrors overtake you. Welcome to Midnight Horror. Click. Written and narrated by Rachel Craig. It was Halloween night, 1985. Michael Galloway was in his room, putting on his costume. He had decided he wanted to dress up as his favorite superhero this year, Captain Voltage, who has the power to fight his enemies with electricity. He shimmied into his black and gold spandex bodysuit, put on his gold boots, and finally his gold eye mask with lightning bolts on each side. Michael took a few steps back to look in the mirror, flexed his muscles a little bit, and thought, Yeah, looking pretty good. Halloween was Michael's favorite holiday. He had always had an interest in spooky things, dark things. He was a bit of a quiet kid, so he loved when he could put on masks and become someone else with no fear. And of course the free candy. He gave himself one final look and headed into the living room where his mother Mary was helping his little sister Sylvia with her princess costume. There's my little superhero, Mary said. Mom, I'm twelve. Don't call me little, Michael said as he headed into the kitchen. Oh, of course, honey, I'm sorry. You look very strong and brave. Uh, thanks, I guess, said Michael, blushing. 
Mommy, where's my crown? I need my crown, said little Sylvia. It's right here, sweetie, Mary said as she placed the crown gently on top of her daughter's head. You're the most beautiful princess I've ever seen. I bet you'll get double the candy tonight. Sylvia's eyes lit up at the thought of even more candy. George Galloway, Michael's father, headed into the kitchen and grabbed a beer and a soda out of the fridge. He sat at the table with Michael and slid over the soda. Thanks, Dad. So, said George, got a big night planned, huh? Your first Halloween alone? Well, not alone, said Michael. Butch is coming with me. Butch Skinner. A wild child, to say the least. He was from the other side of the tracks. An alcoholic father, a distant mother, and an older brother who was always in trouble with the law. The Skinner family was certainly not well thought of in their town. But one day in the cafeteria, Butch had noticed a nasty wound on Michael's knee from a spill he had had on his bike earlier that week. He struck up a conversation. Cool scab. It bleed a lot, Butch said as he slammed down his lunch tray next to Michael. Over time, they bonded over comic books they enjoyed, movies, and most of all, ghost stories. If it was scary or bloody, you can bet the boys had something to say about it. So a few weeks later, Butch suggested he and Michael spend Halloween together. Just the two of them. Uh, I don't know. I usually have to help my mom take my little sister around, said Michael. What are you, chicken shit? You're way too old to be doing that stuff. Just bail, Butch said. Well, maybe I could ask my folks. Michael said, reluctantly. Believe me, if you come with me, it'll be a night you'll never forget. So with all the courage he could muster, Michael went home to ask if he could have his first big kid Halloween. Oh, honey, I'm not sure that's a good idea, said Mrs. Galloway. Now, Mary, I think this could be good for him. He's twelve now. He can take care of himself, eh, champ? Yes, sir. Well, all right, but stay only on the main roads and be home no later than 9.30. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Michael jumped up and hugged his parents. Well, I better get dinner started. Mary headed into the kitchen and Michael to his room. Son, said George, keep an eye on that Skinner kid. He's, uh, he's had a hard life if you know what I mean. Uh, yes, sir, said Michael, a bit confused. But no mind. He was too busy thinking about his first Halloween as a big kid. If only he had known what the night had in store. Michael got up and ran to the door. When he opened it up, he was face to face with wild fur, glowing red eyes, and a mouthful of ferocious teeth covered in blood. Rawr! Michael screamed and jumped back. Then he heard laughter. <laughs> I got you so good, you dumb baby. <laughs> Butch said as he removed his wolf mask. Quit fooling around. My parents are here, Michael said, trying to sound like he didn't just get the pants scared off of him. Michael's parents, along with little Sylvia, came into the living room to greet their guest. Butch knew the drill all too well. He donned the cheesiest smile 
and struck out a strong hand. "'It's wonderful to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Galloway. "'Michael has told me so much about you. "'The two of us are going to have a swell time tonight, right, Michael?' "'Uh, yeah, swell,' Michael said as he and his father rolled their eyes at Butch's good boy routine. Butch leaned down to Sylvia. "'You're such a pretty princess. "'I bet you'll get lots of candy tonight.' Sylvia hugged her mother's leg and cowered at the scary mask in his hand. "'Now, boys, absolutely no funny business tonight. Do you hear me?' said George. "'That's right,' said Mary. "'Stay on the main roads and be home by nine-thirty sharp. I got it, Mom.' "'Butch, would you give us a moment?' Mary said, as she opened the front door. "'Of course, Mrs. Galloway.' Butch flashed that devilish grin of his and headed out onto the front porch. Mary embraced her son. Michael, please be careful tonight. You never know who's out there. He'll be fine, Mary. He's a good kid. You'll look out for yourselves, won't you, son? Use your brain. Yes, sir. Mr. Galloway gave his son a wink and a nod. Have a great time, son. And get lots of candy. Thanks, Dad. Bye, Mom. Bye, Sylvia. Michael Galloway exited his house and headed out into the night. That would be the last time he'd ever set foot in that house. Let's go down Edgewood first. A lot of houses give out full-size candy bars down that way, said Michael, already heading in that direction. Butch scoffed. You didn't actually think we were going trick-or-treating, did you? he said as he stuffed his mask back into his backpack. What? What are you talking about, Butch? You don't want candy? Trick-or-treating's baby shit. I have something else in mind. But my mom said, Your mom's not gonna know shit if you don't snitch. You're not afraid, are you? Well, okay, fine. But can we at least go down one street first? <sighs> fine. We'll get you some candy, you fucking baby. Butch put on his terrifying mask. Then, the night belongs to me. The boys went up and down Edgewood Street. Just as Michael had hoped, they got several full-size candy bars. And a few boxes of raisins. Yuck. They tossed the raisins and munched on the chocolate bars as they headed towards the woods. Where are we going? said Michael, trying to sound brave. You'll see, Butch said as he flashed that sinister grin. The boys went deeper and deeper into the woods. The sun was beginning to set, and Michael was growing more and more nervous the further they went. But he dared not let on that he was afraid. Butch would just laugh at him. The boys finally came to a stopping point in the woods. Butch walked over to a large rock and began pulling things out of his backpack. He looked up at Michael with that awful grin. Trick or treat? Uh, treat, I guess. <laughs> Good choice. Butch then revealed a six-pack of beer, a pack of cigarettes, and a Playboy magazine. Whoa, where'd you get all this stuff? Michael said as he immediately reached for the Playboy and began flipping through it. Butch lit a cigarette and cracked open a beer. Stole it from my stupid older brother. And check this out. 
Butch then pulled out a large hunting knife from his backpack. Stole this from my dad. Why, why'd you bring a knife, Butch? Said Michael, suddenly uninterested in the playboy. Butch wasn't smiling anymore. He slowly walked towards Michael with the knife. What do you think, Michael? I've brought you out here to murder you. Butch then lunged at Michael. Michael screamed as loud as he could and took off running. But he stopped when he heard the echoes of laughter coming from his supposed friend. <laughs> you idiot! Butch cackled. You fucking idiot! You actually thought I was serious? Wow, you are so gullible. Shut up, Butch! That wasn't funny! Michael said as he stormed away. Oh, come on! It was just a joke! A trick! Get it! Michael, where are you going? Back home. Damn it, Michael, I'm sorry, okay? It's Halloween. I thought you'd like it. Come on, sit back down. I brought all this stuff for us. Michael turned around and was surprised to see that Butch was actually remorseful. Well, okay, but don't pull any more tricks tonight. Michael sat back down and opened a beer. He took a sip and immediately spit it back out. Oh, gross! Is that what it's supposed to taste like? Butch smiled. Just keep drinking. You'll like it eventually. Boy, was he right. Michael was able to finish his three beers and had never felt better in his life. Finally, the boys had really started to enjoy the night. They were laughing, telling jokes and stories, and looking through the Playboy for the hundredth time. Butch quieted down after a minute and looked straight at Michael. So, I did have one more thing planned for us tonight, if you're up for it. Feeling much more relaxed than earlier, Michael was now open to anything Butch had planned. What's that? He slurred. You know that spooky old house on the other side of the woods? Yeah? You ever heard of Gracie McCreary? Michael shook his head, which made him very dizzy. Well, Butch explained, Gracie was a little girl who used to live in that house back in the 1800s. Her parents thought she was possessed by a demon, so they would keep her locked up in a room all day. And at night... They would strap her to this exam table, the kind they keep in loony bins. Why? So she wouldn't escape while they were sleeping. Her parents constantly tried to pray the demon away, but nothing worked. So one night, they strapped her to the exam table extra tight and cut her throat as a sacrifice to God. Whoa, said Michael. She was really possessed? That's the crazy part, said Butch. Turns out, Gracie wasn't possessed at all. Her parents were just nuts. A couple of religious freaks, you know. Anyway, her folks skipped town after that and were never heard from again. They left the house and all their possessions. And it still remains there to this day. Whoa, said Michael, still a bit too buzzed to comprehend what was going on. Butch continued, so, legend has it that the straps on the exam table made these clicking sounds the tighter they pulled them. 
Click, click, click. The sounds became maddening to Gracie. She would shake and sweat, but her parents just thought it was the demon, so they just strapped her down tighter. So, to help herself cope with the clicking sounds, Gracie made up a little song to go with it. Gracie's been a very bad girl. Click, click, click. Hide her away from the rest of the world. Click, click, click. Don't let them see. Don't let them know. Click, click, click. Gracie will soon steal your soul. Click, click, click. They say that if you go into the house, her exam table is still there, and Gracie's ghost waits for a child to wander in so she can have them take her place. Michael's head was beginning to clear, and he was growing more nervous again. So, what did you want to do? We are going to go into the house, sit on the exam table, and sing that song. Butch said with that same evil smile. Michael thought to himself for a moment. On the one hand, he was terrified, and he knew he would be in so much trouble if his parents ever found out. But on the other hand, he wanted to be brave. He wanted to show Butch that he wasn't always chicken shit, as he puts it. Maybe if he did this, Butch would respect him more, not push him around so much. Plus. It was Halloween. Aren't you supposed to get scared? All right. I'm in, Michael said as he stood up. Yes! Butch jumped up and packed everything away, leaving the empty beer cans all over the ground. Let's do this! Butch led the way, and before they knew it, the boys had reached the other side of the woods. There was no more streetlights to be seen. They only had the light of the full moon to guide them. Michael and Butch walked a mile or two down the darkened path, when suddenly, there it was, Gracie's house. Butch slowly pushed open the iron gate, which gave a loud creak with every move. Michael thought his heart would explode out of his chest. Stop it, he thought to himself. Butch isn't afraid, so neither are you. Get it together! He pressed on. They reached the front door which had a big lock across the handles, but a giant hole next to it where someone had kicked it through. Looks like we weren't the only ones who wanted to explore this place. Come on! Butch shimmied through the hole, and Michael followed. It was pitch black inside the house. You got any flashlights in there? Michael whispered. Sure thing! Michael could hear Butch rustling through his sack. Suddenly, a bright light shined in his face. Here you go, said Butch as he tossed a flashlight over to him and turned one on for himself. The boys shined their lights around the room. The place was completely trashed. Overturned furniture, graffiti, garbage, and of course, lots of dust. Michael just wanted this night to be over with, so he made the first move. Come on, let's go find Gracie's room. All right, let's do this! They headed upstairs and peeked in every door. Bathroom? No. Closet? No. Library? Nope. 
one last door at the very end of the hall. Michael slowly pushed open the door and shined his light in. Holy shit! There it is! You were right, Butch! The exam table, in the very center of the room, just as Butch had described. No fucking way! Butch said, just as surprised that it was all real. Michael shined his light around the rest of the room. The wallpaper had little pink bows on it. There was a toy chest in the corner, and a shelf full of old dolls. Did that one just blink? Come on, Butch, let's get this over with. Aw, what? Is the little baby getting scared? Damn it, Butch, get on the fucking table! You wanted to be here, and now we're here, so let's do it or go home! Butch stared at Michael, and then got on the table. Michael joined. They each took a deep breath and sang. Gracie's been a very bad girl. Click, click, click. Hide her away from the rest of the world. Click, click, click. Don't let them see, don't let them know. Click, click, click. Gracie will soon steal your soul. Click, click, click. The boys held their breath and waited for something to happen. Nothing. Nothing at all. Even Butch was relieved. They both laughed. <laughs> See? said Butch. Tonight was fun. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess it was. Well, let's get going. I don't want my mom to... Wait, what's that? Michael saw something shift in the shadows. When he shined his light over in the corner, there was nothing. Okay, you're trying to get back at me very scary, Butch said. He went to hop off the table, but suddenly, one of the straps grabbed his wrist and tightened. Michael, what the fuck, man? Butch, that wasn't me, I swear. Michael furiously began to shine his flashlight all around the room. Butch, I... I, I think there's someone here... Michael, get your ass over here and get me out of this strap! Michael dropped his flashlight and ran over to Butch. But before he could reach him, a second strap grabbed onto his other wrist and tightened. Then his right leg. And finally, his left. What the fuck is going on, Mike? It can't be real! Can it? Butch cried. Michael could barely speak through his own tears. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I can't untie them. The straps won't budge. Suddenly, in the darkness, they heard a faint giggle of a little girl. It was soft at first, but grew louder and closer, until it sounded like it was right next to them. Michael bent down to pick up his flashlight. Before he could raise it up, he heard in a little girl's voice. Gracie's here to steal your soul. Michael raised his flashlight and beheld a small girl wearing a white dress and a pink bow in her hair. She had large black eyes. As she looked down over Butch, her eyes and mouth began pouring blood. She began to hover over Butch and her eyes became wilder. 
Michael began to shake uncontrollably. Butch, still strapped in tightly, cried out, Do something! Help me! Michael was frozen. He couldn't move, couldn't breathe. But somehow, he finally found the courage to speak. Gracie? He muttered. The little girl paused and looked at Michael. For a moment, he saw the sweet little girl whose parents had tortured her, and he felt sorry for her. But then, her eyes became black again, and all of a sudden, she began to scream. Louder and louder. It was so piercing it made his ears bleed. And then, she lunged straight at him. And everything went black and silent. Oh, come in, Miss Galloway. Oh, please, call me Sylvia. We've known each other for so long now, we can cut the formalities. Sylvia took a seat in Dr. Lucas's office. I'm so sorry for your loss, Sylvia. Both parents in just a few months of each other. That must be very difficult, Dr. Lucas said as he shuffled some files around on his desk. Yes, it's been a very strange year. Life really. But thankfully my fiancé is helping me with everything. He's actually packing up my parents' house right now. That's why he couldn't join us. Ah, that's all right. We can bring him in another time to sign the papers. Dr. Lucas slid over a large file titled Michael Galloway. I've put an X next to the spots where you need to sign. Like we've talked about before, this document will make you Michael's legal guardian now that your parents are both deceased. All billing and decisions regarding Michael will be discussed with you and your fiancé from now on. Dr. Lucas's receptionist popped her head in. Doctor, would you come verify a prescription for me real quick? Of course, Margie. Would you excuse me, Sylvia? I'll just be a minute. Dr. Lucas headed out and shut the door behind him. Sylvia was having trouble steadying her hand as she signed the document. Sylvia Galloway, October 31st, 2005. She took a deep breath and shifted in her chair. Then she noticed the rest of her brother's file sitting on the doctor's desk. She checked to make sure that he was still busy. Then she opened the file and began to read. Michael Galloway, age 12, admitted November 1st, 1985, was found at 1625 Hummingbird Lane in the upstairs bedroom passed out and covered in blood. Butch Skinner, age 12, was also found in the bedroom, strapped to an examination table. His chest cavity was cut open, and his heart was missing. The heart was later found in Michael's stomach. Michael claims it was the ghost of Gracie McCreary who performed the murder and force-fed him the heart. Diagnosis? Schizophrenia. Begin rounds of antipsychotics and anti-tremors. Sylvia quickly put the file back on his desk. She fought back the tears. Reading it felt like it was happening over again. Dr. Lucas peeked his head back inside his office. All set? Yes. Can I go see him now? He nodded and led her down a long hallway. They finally reached Michael's room at the end, and Sylvia peeked inside the small window. He was sleeping. Could I go in? She asked. Dr. Lucas nodded 
and Sylvia slowly walked into Michael's room. She sat down on the bed beside him and held his hand. Suddenly, Michael opened his eyes wide and grabbed her arm. You have to believe me. It was Gracie. It was Gracie. Please, you have to believe me. It was Gracie. Sylvia screamed and ran out of the room as nurses rushed in. They began strapping him down to his bed. One of the nurses quickly stuck him with a syringe, and he began to calm down. As he drifted back to sleep, he sang, Michael has been very bad. Click, click, click. He has made his family sad. Click, click, click. Don't let them see. Don't let them know. Click, click, click. Michael will soon steal your soul. Click, click, click. Midnight Horror was created, written, and narrated by Rachel Craig and produced by Will Snyder. Theme song was done by Daniel Carl with additional music by Kevin McLeod. Please visit our website, evilkittenproductions.com. Thank you for listening.